You know, once in a while, it's good. It says if we confess our sins. And since, since Jeremy has come, he keeps it stirred up so well. I looked at him and I, I said to Scott, I'm very joyful to see you. I turned to Jeremy and I said, I'm really trying to be joyful that you're here. And he looked at me. I confess my sin, brother. I couldn't be more joyful that you're here, Jeremy. We were trying to have fun and a smile. Let's do that one more time. And uh, I want to teach one little song that says, I've got joy down in my heart, deep, deep down in my heart. If you've heard that, Raise your hand if you know that song. Yeah. J-O-Y, down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Jesus gave it to me. No one can destroy it. I've got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Let's sing. I've got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. J-O-Y, down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Jesus gave it to me, and no one can destroy it. I've got joy down in my heart, deep, deep down in my heart. Now, I'll do two things. Many of us don't sing bass. I'm not even sure I sing bass, you know, so I'll raise it a little. But now, we're going to do some motions to the song. Just because this 825 group likes motions, you know. <laughs> it's probably appeared in the connect cards at least. Nah, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, uh, so we're just going to do the motions and it'll be like this. You can sit in your seat while we learn to do the motions, then we'll stand up. Uh, and so we're just going to go, I got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. J-O-Y, down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Then this goes, Jesus gave it to me, and no one can destroy it. I've got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. Okay, let's stand up. Here we go. You feel like you're back in Bible school? That's a good thing. All right. I'm going to try to get it high enough to where we're not singing bass anymore. I've got joy down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. J-O-Y down in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart, Jesus gave it to me, and no one can destroy it. I've got <laughs> down in my heart, deep, deep down in my heart. I knew I couldn't get through it all without clutching it up. Okay, you can be seated. <laughs> You know, you really did that well, by the way. That's good. And when they did, Jesus gave it to me. You look like linebackers in your jerseys. They're ready to go. Go Eagles, right? You can remain seated to do this, but this is another important motion for the worship service. Just go like this today, okay? 
Just go like this. You get it? You know exactly what we mean. Okay, very good. I like that. All right. Paul said to the Philippians some key words. Do you know that the theme for the book of Philippians is joy? Nancy, did I tell you that when you read the Proverbs thing? No. Did you know? You knew I was doing Philippians. Okay. She did her homework already. A sharp, sharp lady and a wonderful husband. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus. Now, you know what the word of bondservant is in the Scripture? Bondservant, uh, what they used to do is, there, there was the institution of, of slavery used in the Old Testament, and uh, they decided to be the people of God, just like uh, Mr. Lincoln legislated in the United States. That couldn't be an acceptable institution, so they set them free. And uh, they didn't want to be like the countries around them. They wanted to be the people of God, so they, they set them free. But you know what happened? They came back and they had a ceremony where some of the servants in some of the households of faith, they, they got their ear pierced and they put a tag in their ear to say that they're a bond servant. They're a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ out of love and they want to give their heart and their life away in service to God and in service to the families that they love. It's interesting that the New Testament picks up on this Old Testament concept. There's a group and their name is Glad. Anybody here ever heard of a group named Glad? Raise your hands if you have. A couple of you did right over here in the music corner. Glad, that's a nice name for a group, right? Glad. I don't think I'd want to go see a group named Sad, but Glad I'd go see see them. A group named Glad sang a song called Pierce My Ear. O Lord my God, lead me to your courts today. I will serve no other God. Lord, I'm here to stay. All of that was the concept of what it meant to be a bondservant. Now here's Paul, a very powerful lawyer in his day. To take the bar exam in Paul's day, he had to have memorized every word of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. I'm not talking about he just named the names of the books. He had to say every word in the book to pass his final exam. Pretty good, huh? I think I'm good sometimes with a memory verse of the week. This dude had the first five books of the Bible memorized. That's the Apostle Paul. He was steeped in the law, a very powerful lawyer. And there's, there's a Greek guy. Well, he's half Greek and half Hebrew, which already meant for some of the Hebrews that was, that was bad news. It was all Hebrew or, or, or nothing. It's kind of like the guy who's, uh, he went away to the University of New York and his, he, was, he was Jewish, and his, his mama said, you, you date a Jewish girl. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? 
ever know any of the, uh, the Jewish community that lives around Brooklyn? You get one of these. You do. You get one of these. Doesn't matter whether you're a taxi driver or you're the kid in the family. You get one of these. You make sure you date a Jewish girl. And so he called home and he said, Mom, I found a lovely Jewish girl and I'm going to bring her home. Her name is Goldberg. And you know who told this story? It was Whoopi. On, she was speaking about multiculturalism. And a young fella came home. See, that's what the scripture does. It was way, way ahead of its time. The scripture broke the boundaries of race and ethnicity and multiculturalism so much until you get to the book of Hebrews that says there aren't any of those identifications for culture anymore. We're one people. Paul and Timothy. Jewish lawyer of the highest order and a son in the faith who uh, wasn't all Jew. Also a Greek. To all of the saints in Christ Jesus and to all the saints in Christ Jesus, the literal translation is to the ones who are being made holy. That's what that word saint means. It's a derivative from the Greek hagios, meaning one who is holy. So here's Paul, before you ever get to the joy part of Scripture, saying he's broken all the boundaries. He's made us part of a community of faith, and everybody is welcome. No, no, no. They're not only welcome, we've pierced our ear and come to God together, and we've joined our hands, and we're going to do something that is marked by love. It's not caught up in the, in the culture of the day. It's not limited by those restrictions. It's not caught up in what's in racial vogue or gender vogue or any ethnicity. It's caught up in love. And it's for joy. Philippians is the book of joy. So Paul and this Greek and Hebrew boy to all the ones who are being made holy in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. Let me give you the RSV, including the staff and the lay people. Grace. That's the unmerited favor of God. Grace be to you and peace. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the two characteristics of your experience in church today would be grace and peace? We come looking for peace, right? Remember what Jesus said about the end times? There are going to be people crying peace, peace, and they're going to be looking for peace. But there is no peace. But Paul and the son in the faith said there's both peace and there's grace. Because of who Jesus Christ is. Say amen this morning on that one. 
in your life today. Grace, the unmerited favor of God, it's free. God's goodness extended to you and peace through Christ Jesus. And then Paul goes on about this most important premise. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. That just sounds exactly like what you read in the Old Testament. Prayer with joy. Prayer with joy. In my every prayer. In view of your participation in the gospel. Talk about a spirit of volunteerism. Paul says that every one of his readers in Philippians, the key to joy is everybody participates. No person left behind. For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ. Like Josie was saying today, nobody on the mission trip is going to ask you to do something you're not comfortable in doing or you can't do because there's so much to do. There is something for you. That's the way it is in the gospel. That's the way it is with church people. That's the way it is in our culture today. In order for God to make us a blessing to people so we can bless all people, we have to participate. We've got to be willing to step forward. And when we are, God says, I'm going to take care of perfecting you. In the youth mission trip this summer, one of the assignments was almost terrifying for some of our kids. They asked the kids to go up to a complete stranger they'd never met in the city of Lexington, Kentucky, and do something to share the love of Christ. And it was a meaningful thing to see a couple of our, our teenage guys take a homeless guy to the pizza parlor and to sit with him and have a pizza while they were sharing the love of Christ. They weren't trying to get the guy to go to any church because their church was hundreds of miles away. They weren't asking anything in return. They were just doing an act of love freely. The Apostle Paul said, we need participants. I'm standing in front of Vic Gehring. He's, chair, he's chaired our building committee for years and years. But do you know what he does each week that very few people know about? He builds ramps for the Habitat for Humanity homes. And he just gets a crew of people, several from our church, who are willing to go and build a ramp so people can get in and get out. That's a great example of the free love of Christ. Paul says, for God is my witness how I long for you with all the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. And here's the key verse, so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. 
This fall, I'm asking you to join the staff and many new volunteers to come and exercise your faith, to approve the things that are excellent in the love of Jesus Christ so that we can share with our community. It's just like the little Bible school song, and you can sing it with me. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. All of you have a light because the light is named love. And you can freely give it away. You say, I don't have very much to give. Try it one time and you'll have more than you had when you started it grows. The love of Jesus Christ grows. So this fall, we're asking you to lean in and approve the things that are excellent. So one month, we're going to have an administrative council meeting, the third Monday night. But the following month, we're going to have anybody in the church that comes to what Nancy and Rick are chairing for us, the leadership community. And we're just going to talk about ways that we can reach outside of our box more and more to let our light shine jesus said so let your light shine before people that they will see your good works and they'll glorify god because of your good works now i'm asking for three volunteers from each congregation and the three volunteers i'm going to ask for are going to be part of a a year-long study on church vitality and pastor glenn is going to enlist our our team in one of the conference things called team vital i remember when a doctor gave me a stethoscope as a present i was just a kid he wanted me to be a doctor that would have been a scary enterprise i can see now especially you know how in the world you can get absent-minded? That's one of the things that grows and grows and grows. I'm sure I'd have left the stethoscope in an abdomen somewhere. They'd have sewed it up and they'd have said, no, he should have been a preacher, you know, where, where he doesn't have to use that paraphernalia, just the Bible, you know. <laughs> but you know, as I was, uh, I had three siblings, an older sister, a younger sister, and a brother that is uh, six years apart from me. He was the one that was a trouble one. Because when I put the stethoscope on his heart, and I had the, in my ears, you know, I could hear his heart so clearly, and then he went, <laughs> he nearly blew my ears right off my head. That was bad news that day. You know what they do with a stethoscope? It's one of the first steps in taking your vital signs. Vital signs are so important. They tell you that as you age, that, uh, remember, I said you, not as we. I'm not in this phrase. As you age, whew, I'm more in that phrase than I could ever say. I want you to know that. But uh, as we age together, we can take our vital signs. They said that one of the good things to do is check your blood pressure 
Check your sugar. You can learn a lot from how the blood is flowing and what, what's going on in your body. Your vital signs. What's your pulse? Hey, can I tell you that Trinity is the body of Jesus Christ? 825 is a congregation all in its own. Except for love, I don't want to pretend that we have a 945 and we have an 1105. I want to just ask 825, what are the vital signs of our congregation? This is the body of Christ. What are the vital signs? And do you know what they tell us the vital signs are? Five indicators. Five indicators of a church's health. Here they are. Number one, the vital signs of a body of Christ that is healthy is it has a radical hospitality about it. Radical hospitality. And do you know one of the fun marks of 825 is you can't get here earlier than Dennis. <laughs> Dennis is already waiting for that door to open. I can count on Dennis. And when Dennis isn't here, something's off in my 825 flow, I'll tell you. And then we just keep on gathering. And this whole crowd, they pray for one another. They know one another. They shepherd one another in love, in love. And that's just one thing that I know about. There are so many more things. I can look around. Sandy, I, can, I know for a fact that you're headed out to uh, the gardens, you know, and that's, that's what Sandy and Chuck do. And there's so many. You, you, you share the love of Jesus Christ with a radical hospitality. Our flowers that come, they also go. They go in hospitality. Second vital sign. We talk to our people and interact so that we can build more dynamic and power to transform in our worship services. You know, we've slipped into a slump in America. We think the best kind of worship services are the ones that are most fun to be at. But the Lord says the best kind of worship services are the ones that transform hearts. Now, I believe both can be done. But the end of worship is, am I closer to God today? Has it changed me today from being like the world? Like the Word of God says, don't be conformed to the image of the world. But see, we live in that world all the time. But you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transforming services of worship and talk to one another so they can be that. And we'll do that. You'll be using your connect card in some new ways as we ask the 825 service, what are things that will transform you in the place of worship? The third thing that is a vital sign is a church grows in the amount of Bible studies and small groups it offers so that everybody can find one on your time frame with the people you want to sit with and, and be with. That's a sign of a healthy church. When it has groups that the people can feel comfortable to be a part of. The fourth sign is it's a church that's willing to get, uh, get on the edge, the cutting edge of mission 
whatever that means, the cutting edge of mission. So that might mean going to Redbird way down in what the Kentuckians call the holler. H-O-L-L-E-R, the holler. Down there where it echoes and there's no such thing as a cell phone signal. That's where you go and you just serve the Lord. But do you know, we have a lot of hollers around us because there are a lot of people that feel like they're just not in circulation. And you can be a person in mission to them. A church that's in mission is a fourth vital sign. Then finally, a church that has extravagant generosity. They're just generous. It's like what Jesus said in the Bible. If somebody asks for your shirt, give them your coat too. Uh, an extravagant generosity that says, you're welcome. Wherever I am, you're welcome. Say, do you know if a pastor on Sunday morning goes and visits somebody that week that visited the church? You come back with a 15% chance that that person will return. Do you know if a, if a lay person, particularly a couple, will go and make a visit in that home and say, we noticed you were in church this week. Come and sit with us. We sit in that service. We're regulars in that service. Come and sit with us. It goes all the way up to an 85% chance that they're coming back to that church. Because the ladies say, look, we sit where you sit. So come sit with us. Join us. Those are the vital signs of the church. And we want to ask, how vital are we in 825? How vital do you want to be? How do you want to let the joy of the Lord flow through you? And so I'm asking for three volunteers that are willing to pray about being a part of Team Vital. We're going to take three from every service. We're going to have nine of us along with Scott and myself all year that Pastor Glenn is going to put in the annual conference training of how to be vital as a church. Here are the five vital signs, right? A radical hospitality, dynamically transforming worship that changes us on the inside because we've been a part of it. Plenty of small groups so many that you can find one to be a part of yourself and you can bring a friend with you. Getting on the cutting edge of mission so that Trinity is about mission. It is not about us. It is about the world that Jesus died to save. And then finally, an extravagant generosity. And so, how are your vital signs today? You're the body of Jesus Christ. Humble thoughts in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Stand with me, if you will.